God not have a right to demand justice? I mean, he's the creator of the universe. He created all things. He set the world into motion. He created the laws that we live by. Does he not have the right to demand justice? We focus often on God as love and God's mercy, but doesn't he have a right to demand justice from us? We have a really good understanding of what justice is. We're very good at deciding when we've been wronged what is right to be owed to us to make restitution for what has been done to us. So doesn't God have the right to demand the same? And with all the readings that we have this morning, we can see a bunch of different ways that God has every right to demand justice. In the first reading with Moses and the Israelites, God has set them free from years centuries of slavery and the moment that they leave Egypt and seems like God is just taking a little bit too long to complete his promise they fashion a golden calf and they give credit to their freedom to the golden calf they completely reject God does God not have the right to reject them in turn if they're rejecting him but instead he shows mercy or the psalm that we sang today in our tradition, it's believed that this psalm was written by King David right after he had taken Bathsheba as his own and had Uriah killed so that he could keep Bathsheba. God made David king. And yet God or David went about doing whatever he wanted. Does God not have the right to take away David's kingship? And yet he shows him mercy. Or St. Paul. St. Paul is out there, he says, blaspheming. Well, the punishment in Jewish law for blaspheming is death. It's one of the reasons Jesus was put to death. And so if Paul calls himself a blasphemer, does God not have the right to have Paul put to death? Does God not have the right to demand justice? He does. And yet he chooses mercy. See, when God chooses mercy over justice, he gives up his rights to justice for the sake of bringing us to himself. He gives up what is rightfully his for the sake of keeping us with him. This is what we see in the story of the prodigal son, the father being representative of the eternal father. See, the younger son comes to him and he thinks that his inheritance is rightfully his. He feels entitled to his inheritance. The father gives up his right to his property and gives it away to his son. And then the son runs away and spends it frivolously. And then when he comes back, again, the father has every right to demand repayment of the inheritance before the son comes back, and yet he doesn't. He gives up his right to that, and again gives everything back, just so he can have the son back in his house. God chooses mercy. He gives up his rights, what is rightfully his, for the sake of keeping us close to him. Because the problem with us is that we're often like the elder son. We feel entitled. That we feel that our rights are so important 
that we feel a sense of entitlement that these rights should be fulfilled at all costs. The problem with entitlement is it creates constant disappointment and isolation. We see that with the elder son. He's disappointed in his father and in his father's house, even though he's always had everything that he's ever needed. And it creates isolation. When the elder son comes to the father, he says, this son of yours, and he disowns his brother. When we let entitlement come into our life, we are disappointed and we isolate ourselves. Sometimes we do that with others and sometimes we even do that with God. Disappointed in God and we isolate ourselves from him. But our gospel acclamation today, we said that God entrusted us with the message of reconciliation. So the challenge to us is, are we willing, like God, to give up what is rightfully ours for the sake of keeping others close to us? The word reconciliation kind of has a really neat root. If you break down the word into its parts, reconcilia. Re means to do over and over again. Con means to bring together. Cilia is your eyelashes. Reconciliation is the cilia coming together over and over again. Reconciliation, bringing together over and over again. And what God shows us in his mercy is that for that to happen, we need to give up what is rightfully and justly ours. And we see the insanity of that in the beginning of the gospel. Jesus talks to the scribes and the Pharisees and he tells them, which one of you wouldn't leave 99 sheep in the wilderness on their own to go after the one sheep that took off? Like that's something that everybody would do. Which one of you wouldn't? Which one of you would? Why wouldn't you just count your losses and let that dumb sheep that took off to his own devices and say, well, hopefully he comes back, but if he doesn't, oh well, I've still got 99. Or the woman and the 10 coins who flips over her entire house to find one silver coin and then goes running to her friends to celebrate. Think of it this way. If you had $100 and you lost a loony, would you flip over your entire house to find that loony? And then when you found it, run to your friends, look, I found my loony, I found my loony. That's loony. We wouldn't do it. But God does. God does. He gives up what is rightfully his for the sake of keeping us close to him. That's his mercy. That's the gift of his mercy in our life. And ultimately for us, Every time we celebrate the Mass, we remember how he did that in an ultimate way. That he sent his Son, who gave up what was rightfully his, which was the glory of heaven, and became a servant like us. He even gave up his relationship with the Father to descend into hell, to suffer the punishment that was rightfully ours, so we never would have to. This is God's mercy. And it's really hard for us to accept it. 
we often demand justice of ourselves too. And we're really hard on ourselves because we demand that justice. But God wants to give us mercy instead. And so if God gives us that mercy, that crazy mercy, are we willing to do the same for others? Thank you.